Welcome back to the Life Beyond the Summit Faith Journey Podcast for Men. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, and we're down one today in the studio. Uh, Ken Drilling is under the weather, so Andrew and Andrew Platts and I are going to hold down the fort and present this podcast. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Steve, and everybody. Yeah, and everybody. It's uh, good to, to be here, and we want to say post-Happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's listening today. Uh, this is Monday. Uh, we don't normally broadcast the date, but I will this time. It's Monday, the day, the business day after Thanksgiving. We've just come off a long four-day weekend of Thanksgiving. And I wanted to uh, hit this podcast because I know there were a lot of people that didn't have what we would consider to be the all-American experience on Thanksgiving Day. It wasn't the laughter, the joy, the excitement, the exhilaration, the camaraderie, the welcoming of guests from out of town, the airport drive and delivery and pickup, all of that. That's so much fun. The aromas, the smells, the the, the gravy and all of it. I mean, there was that for many of us, but for many, there was not that. And even when there was that, there were people in the midst of that environment of, of you know, crowds of people around the table, and they were still in a place of suffering. And so I think that's what we want to talk about today is what is it to be on the other side of a joy-filled Thanksgiving or even Christmas holiday? And how can we overcome those feelings, those sensations, those reflections, you know, of times past, worry, concern, anxiety, fear, insecurity. And so don't you think that'd be a good yeah. thing? I mean, we just came off the holiday. Now, I guess, Andrew, by, but you have anything you want to add before I well, go? Well, I just think little... that when people think about Thanksgiving and even really Christmas, you know, the first thing they think is family. We get together yeah. with our family yeah. and we get to eat great food and drink wine. Um, we get to um, spend time with family. Sure. Then we go shopping. It's a whole day. And we're, you know, talking among all of our kids and our parents and if there's friends over. And it's a great time of just being together. But, you know, to what you're saying, Steve, is a lot of people don't have that experience. They are, um, well, some people don't have a big family yeah. or any family. So those people, you know, really suffer in a lot of ways but then there's a lot of people even in my family or maybe your family and families across america who come to that that day of thanksgiving and um it doesn't do anything for them it doesn't get them out of their spiritual funk it doesn't get them out of their depression their worries all the things that the world is trying to tell them you know we turn on the news and um you see about you know all, all the news you know, there's terrible news out there every day, but you, I guess, I guess, you know, if you turn on the Hallmark channel, which my wife watches right. a lot, it's a perfect holiday, you right. know, where, you know, you go shopping and there's a great Turkey and there's a huge family, but reality is something completely different. Well, you know, to your point, I think even the term, the terms Christmas and or Thanksgiving, there is a certain level of expectation. And oftentimes the expectation goes unfilled are unfulfilled. And in the process, we feel left out. Uh, you know, an illustration, even for me, this, this Thanksgiving didn't work for our family because in part my wife, my wife had to work and others in the family had commitments elsewhere. So we were unable to gather. And my two birth children were out in Phoenix. So they were not even here for us to enjoy as an extended family, my wife's three kids and my two kids as a family of five and seven with adults, we weren't able to be together. 
So I took my mother-in-law over to my brother-in-law's and dropped her off, dropped her off. And this is a great illustration. You know, I feel like by and large, Andrew, I'm in a very good place spiritually, but even I, not like, like, not that I've arrived. Of course, I don't want to ever suggest that, but I'm on a good, healthy path toward that. But even I was affected Thursday when I dropped her off. He lives in a nice neighborhood driving through the neighborhood, coming home. I drive by these larger homes, beautiful homes on large lots. And, you know, even that you can make anyone a little bit, well, gosh, why don't I have this? Or why don't I have that? Or whatever the case may be. And the variety of vehicles that you see, mostly new and nicely polished and rims, you know, the whole thing. You're getting kind of trapped in the thought of, why don't I have, or could I have, or why? Well, yeah, but even beyond that. But yeah, now, so listen to this. You drove past a house. Yeah, there there was a whole front of this house, beautiful home was all glass, and I was able to slowly drive past this in a normal uh, subdivision speed limit. M- mine, this is another part that played into this. I'm the only car on the road. I don't In that neighborhood, I was the only car on the road. All the other cars were filled into driveways and on the streets, and people were, you could look in the windows of any number of houses, and you could see all the joy and the celebration and the Thanksgiving going on. At least that's the perception from looking in as I drove by. This one house, Andrew, the Christmas tree, it had a, it had a two-story great room. So the Christmas tree was up. There must have been 30 people around this beautiful table. I mean, I really was able to see all this that quickly. The the uh, windows were, were uh, uh, obviously uncovered. I was able to see in. But there was a man standing at the head of the table, and he, was, he had a glass of wine raised in a toast. And so I drive past this, and it couldn't help but make me feel a little lonely, a little desperate, a little sad, that my two of my kids are in Phoenix, the other three kids, one in Dallas, and you know the other two, one of them's at another family member's, and the other's two and a half hours south in southern Illinois having their own Thanksgiving Day, but alone for me. And um, the the feeling was a bit urgent. It, it, it was, it, you know, I reflected on, gosh, I'm 65. How many more Thanksgivings will I have? It's so sad I can't be with family. Now, we did have Thanksgiving on Friday, but the day of, is what we're really talking about. And even the few days after, as we've spoken to this long four-day weekend, gives those of us that feel desperate a long time to feel desperate and to feel left out. That sense that how come I'm not this, that, or the next thing, experiencing, feeling, enjoying, all of those feelings. And you know what, Andrew? It's all the worse today because of, and I, this is a topic for another conversation but because of the fragmentation in families, now there's even greater cause. Yeah, and we know that there are many families. You know, I, I there, not everybody in my family gets along. You know, it's it's challenging, and I'm sure that there are listeners that experience the same things. How many of us go to a Thanksgiving as posers because we don't really get along, but we have to put on the game face? I mean, the point is the expectation and the sense that there is something to look forward to is greatly diminished by the reality that we experience. And that's what we really want to talk about today. How can we get past these, not just events, but these events speak to moments. The moments lead to events, but the moments are what we need to capture in our mind and change perspective so that we can go into a, into a, a place and a, and a space and really truly be overcomers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Looking into that room, seeing that father 
or grandfather toasting to yeah. 25 or 30 people. It may be sad. In a big, beautiful house. And alone. And listen to this. All these cars are packing on uh, in the driveway, yeah. and, and here you are. You're dropping off your mother-in-law, and your wife is working, and there's nothing going to your house. It's quiet as a church mouse in my house. Yeah, so what what were your emotions? Like, yeah, it was, I, I just don't have that big family. Well, um, I, ha- I I really did have emotions. I had I had a, a sense of regret, a sense of loss, a sense of yeah. what you know. Um, we we have a blended family, which has some of its own challenges, and that makes me sad that the three older kids experience what they experienced, and that my kids have, by virtue of association, experienced the same. Even though our marriage is intact, and we've had a good marriage, but you you look at you look at how that's affected everybody. It just was. A sad reflection, right? Really. But I think this, but it's not uncommon. This one circumstance is a very um, common reflection of everyday experiences that we all go through. So, yes, we wake up, we get our clothes on, we go to work, and we're hearing messages from the world about who we are. Yes, you know, we're not rich, we're not that good looking, we're not in great health. Our marriages may be mediocre. Um, our kids may have issues. Uh, you've got, you've got problems. Maybe you've got legal problems or you've got other problems Sure, and, and you allow all these, um, ideas to float in your head all day long and you're not combating those messages with, with the right tools. Yeah. And remember, this is a faith journey podcast. So we're, our perspective is entirely different and that's again, Today especially, we want to really uh, encourage you as a listener to really focus on the way that you think, the things that you meditate on, the the things that you give time, space, and accommodation to. We've got to change our frame of perspective. And, you know, really literally on the way home, uh, and then, you know, to add to that, I had some There's really more? sort of, well, to add to that, I, I had Christmas music on and some Christmas music can, I like, for example, did you song. cry? No, I did not. Although I am a crier and Andrew would tell you that. So that's why he asked yeah. if I cried, but like, I'll be home for Christmas. That's a very, very sad stone, yeah. so, song. I'll be home for, you know, I yeah, mean, for sure. wow, if, if only in my dreams, I mean, it's a very, so I had that music was running as I'm driving past all these spectacular homes with what appeared to be just the greatest joy experienced by these multitudes of families. Remember, every house seemed packed with vehicles, and you could see in a number of them the drapes were open, and you could see the joy that was going on inside there. And here I am driving alone, 65 years of age, not knowing how many more Thanksgivings I'll have, right? Well, I mean, so that's one way to think of life. But what is the alternative? So what is the, let's, let's take a look. Andrew, one of, one of the verses that came to mind for me uh, in the Bible, of course, is First John 5, uh, is it 4? It says, um, for everyone born of the world, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. This is what has overcome the world. Uh, to me, that scripture does not suggest necessarily that we should ever expect to experience a flawless, perfect, wonderful life. Uh, it just doesn't 
happen. And, you know, in a previous podcast, Andrew, we talked about the fact that we're bruised reeds. I think the value in reflecting on a bruised reed is that just to kind of get over yourself and realize, you know what, we're all broken. That's a great baseline to start from. So we we are actually lowering the expectation and we're allowing ourselves to say, okay, this is a fallen place that we live in, that we reside in, that we are subject to the woes of this world. We're subject to the darkness of this world, to the sin of this world. But he's saying that this overcomes all of that, even your faith. So what I really did truly begin to do, Andrew, on the way home, I got on 141 South, had about 15-minute drive, and I just started to reflect on the glory and the goodness of God. I started to reflect on who I am in Christ, rather than all the things that I'm not by the world standard. Right. Or, or rather than focusing on what I haven't achieved. I don't live in those million-dollar homes. I don't drive a Beamer or a Lexus or any of the above. But that's okay. Right. Because it's not about all of that stuff. And we all know, and Andrew and I would be the first to tell you, we all know that those things... They only bias very temporary feelings of, of, of exhilaration or excitement. The only thing that brings permanence to us, Andrew and I both would say this, and any of, the, any of you that are believers, it's your faith that brings you permanence in an uplifting sense of fulfillment and well-being. That's right. So you're driving home, you're listening to Christmas music, and what did you do? You started thinking about, well, I started thinking about who I am in Christ and yeah. what, what the word says about me. You know what? I mean, instead of feeling like I was missing out, I began yeah. to reflect on what I was engaged in right. and how grand and glorious it is to be a child of God. What an experience. I mean, made in his image, you know, retrieved yeah. from, from the, the shackles of death through the cross to experience eternal life and to experience life in full abundance if I choose to focus on that life. Yeah, what I do, you know, we we know that the Word transforms our lives. We know that as we read the Word, you know, we've been pounding this for many, many oh, months. Yeah, but you can't overhear it. As you read the Word, it, it does something, it does a work in you supernaturally. Mm-hmm. And so even as you're reading the Word, thinking about the Word and meditating on the Word, the Word becomes a part of you. It becomes what you meditate. It becomes it becomes your imagination. It becomes your hope. It becomes your thoughts. But we know that you know what I do as a trick, Steve. Is you can't be reading the word, you know, for fourteen hours straight. You you got to get up. You got to work. You got to do you know do chores around the house. You got to clean. You got to get on the computer. So you know you have to have the word in your heart so that you can repeat the word. So quite often, if I can't read the word because I'm driving or I'm doing something else like doing the dishes, the word will just come out of my mouth. You know, I'll that's, say stuff like, powerful. you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I run, my steps will not be hindered. When I walk, I will not wow. stumble. Yeah. And so I'll just keep repeating. It says, do not the word depart from your mouth, but meditate it on yes. a day and night. Um, and I'll just keep, my favorite scriptures just keep pouring out of my mouth. Or sometimes I'll just repeat the same scriptures. Yeah over and over again, because my ears and my mind, it's hearing the very word that is already written in the Bible. So, you know, you have to cheer yourself up sometimes, you know, if if there's not someone to encourage you, like a friend or a loved one, or even your wife, 
You have to cheer yourself up in who you are already. And so it's important to stay in the word. Let the word fill you richly. Amen. Boy, that's, you know, for those of you that aren't, aren't we, we don't over-spiritualize this, but it is a spiritual experience. We're in this world. We're not of this world. And we're spiritual by nature because God is a spirit and he created us in his image. So we are spiritual by nature. Um, we tend to get kind of uh, overwhelmed, I think, at times about spirituality. It can be a spooky topic to some of us, but that is at the core what and who we are. And if we will begin to focus on who he says we are because he created us, we're in good company. Um, you know, to, to back up a little bit in this verse, Andrew, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone loves the Father. Everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commandments, and that's where it goes into what I read earlier. And his commandments are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, if we don't have faith in Jesus Christ, it should be no wonder that we return to the same ills, ilks, anxieties, frustrations, because those are the things of this world. You know, everything that strikes us, and you have to remember the Bible says that the, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you don't believe that he's after us every second, and he is. Proof of that is me. I feel like I'm in a in a in a a really good place with the Lord, to be really honest about it. But not like I've arrived, but even I am subject to believing a a, a storyline that isn't the reality that the Bible speaks to. It's a reality that I've experienced in this life, and that can influence and affect my trajectory, but so can his word. And if I choose to believe the former then I will reap of the former. If I choose to believe the latter, which is his word, then I will reap the benefit of the latter, which is freedom. You know, I, I don't know if I said this earlier or not. I know it said before we went on the air. You cannot experience freedom until you let go. You have to let go of whatever it is that has you bound, right? When you're holding on to something, you're gripping it. You're, you're obviously believing in that thing that you're holding on to. To get freedom from that thing, you have to let go. It's the whole notion, really, of let go and let God. So what would an alternative have been for me when I drove by that house? Let's just talk about that for a second. Instead of woe is me, I could have I could have began to praise the Lord and even pray for that household. If they don't know him, to come to know him. If they know him, to know him in a greater, deeper, more valued way. What a powerful thing to have driven through that neighborhood and prayed for those open window, open I, curtain homes. I can't disagree. That's well, a Wouldn't you agree? That would have been yeah. a beautiful thing. Instead, I went to the woe is me place. Who benefited from that? No one. Not me and not they. Wow. But if I'd have prayed, if I'd have thanked the Lord that that family is gathering today, if I'd have said, Lord, bless that family and everyone in it, bless the person who's offering the toast, bless those who are being presented the toast, bless that family with love, bless that family with companionship and connection and, 
you know, and healthy relationships, how much powerful that would have gone a long way to improving my attitude for the next 15 or 20 minute drive home. I agree. I couldn't. That's exactly right. And I would have benefited because it's a greater gift to give than it is to receive. So what I would have been giving there from the Bible says out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaketh. So I could have been giving from the abundance of my heart and guess what? As we cast our, our bread upon the waves, they will return. I could have reaped the benefit of loosing blessing on that family. Now that doesn't mean I would have experienced real blessing. You know what's funny though? I'm listening to you, Steve, and it's we don't true, we don't it? rehearse everything we say. So a lot of no. things we say are very impromptu. They're right on the top of our and I'm listening, I'm thinking to myself, how many people are listening to you right now and saying, I've tried that. It's easy for you, Steve. It's easy for you to get on here and you're verbal, you're real communicative. Um, you make it sound easy. Yeah. You've overcome the those you know mountains, and you've you've gotten to the other side. But I can't get to the other side. It's not working for me. And I've tried it. I've tried it multiple times. I get excited, and then I lose my uh, my energy. And so, sorry about that, guys. So, you know what? It, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I will just say this. Something that Steve specifically is doing right, and I'm not gonna here to give you a formula, okay? But I did run into this scripture, and I want to talk about it real quick. It's Romans. Um, let me get my Romans. Uh, here it is, right here. It says, uh, "It says Romans 12, verse two. It says, do not be conformed to this world, mm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. so that you may prove what the will of God is." that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If you renew your mind, you actually prove, if you continually renew your mind, you will prove what the will of God is, which is that good and acceptable and perfect place to be. Wow. So, you know, I don't think Steve is any different than me or anybody else in this world. I think what Steve has tapped into, if you're around Steve a lot, he's constantly talking about the Lord. Mm-hmm. almost all the time because he has spent enough time in the word and with God, either in the morning or that the day before he's constantly tanked up. So if he's not talking to me about the Lord, he's talking to his wife, he's talking to the people he works with. He talks to strangers about it. I was just on the phone Well, we were driving here and his son was, we went to speakerphone. He's telling Andrew, his son about something regarding the word of God and he's filling himself up as he's trying to share Amen. and minister to other people. And I will tell you, this has worked for me a lot. We just, you know, I, I can tell you in the in-between years, we did a lot of not talking about the scriptures. Me and my wife, we would, you know, hang out a lot after work, and we would either watch TV or I'd go in one room and she'd go into another room. And there wasn't a lot of sharing about scriptures, because there was nothing in us. We didn't really have any, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's all about the heart. If you if your heart is passionate about his word, you get excited. And you know what happens when you get excited about anything? You want to share it with other people. So the reason Steve pioneered this podcast and the reason he's constantly talking about scriptures or just his regular experience about being in this world and trying to navigate, you know, understanding the the Bible is because he has, he has filled his heart 
with a love for the word, and it comes out. And so his faith is now overcoming. And let me tell you, Steve's no different. He's got plenty of issues, plenty of problems, Amen. challenges every day with work and family. And there's all of it. And you know, yeah. those people, Steve, in that house, those 30 people, maybe you're exaggerating, but anyway. No, they were both they, 30. They, they, had, they had, did you count? Well, I, in the few, <laughs> anyway, si- yeah, maybe they anyway, were 30, but they so, were a bunch you know, of people. You know what's so funny is he called me and he told me about this house. And you know what my response was? I said, Steve, no matter how great it looked, all those people are broken. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they all live in the same world we have yeah. now. They may have more money and things look good, and I don't want to dismiss the fact they're having a good time, but we're all in the same boat here together. But um, my, my biggest point is that we have to, you can't, as Steve would coin, you can't give what you don't have. Right. If you have it in exactly your heart, right. first in your heart, and in the midst of your heart, and in your, the Bible says, do not let it depart from your vision. Do not his word depart from your vision. That's not only your actual eyeballs, but it's your thinking, it's your imagination, it's your hope, it's it's who you see yourself is, who you see who you are. You know, if you see who you are in Christ, you're not letting his word depart from yeah. your vision. Yeah. It it it's it's a natural you're it's a natural response to want to share the word constantly. And and honestly, this is how you minister the word to others. Mm-hmm. You you've heard the truth, okay. You're putting down the deceit that's coming from the world and coming from the devil. Yeah. What does that scripture says? Those who have accepted Jesus as yeah, is it only Jesus? For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Yes. So if you that's believe the, the only it, one that overcomes, isn't that interesting? You said kind of meditate on that because I haven't yeah, heard that scripture powerful. in a long time. Right. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you will spend time searching Him and getting to know Him, and you know the Bible says with perseverance, a lot of the reasons we don't overcome is we do not persevere. Yeah, that's right. I will tell you, Steve, there's long gaps when I start working. I stop persevering. I'm in the world. I'm doing my thing. The Bible's in the corner. I have to go back to the persevering. Yeah. I have to keep going back to the persevering. Sometimes I don't like doing it. I have to force feed the word in front of my eyes. And I'm not trying to make this formula because there's many ways to get the word of God in you. I guess the point is get the word of God in you, whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Andrew's, you know, too kind to say all the things he said about me. I, I want to tell you, I'm absolutely no different than any listener today or any day. I have been in the dark of life and I have been in the light of life. And the only place that I have found true freedom is in the light of Christ. I'm telling you this scripture, who is it that overcomes the world? And now here, the use of the word only, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. No one else, no other theory, no other thought process, no other, no other, th- uh, 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 no other uh, formula will help us to overcome. Yeah, you won't be set free. You will not be set free. There is free. only one way to be set free. That's why it says it is, is the it way, is, the truth, and the Yes, life. there is only one. There's only one. It's extremely narrow. I mean, I can't think of anything that's so narrow, but that is it. Yeah, and then you know what? If you're you if you're a believer 
and you're not experiencing the kind of freedom that we're talking about here, any of us, anytime, including me, Andrew, anyone that professes Christianity, can lapse back into a place that is not healthy in thinking. And Andrew said it himself, when he's been consumed with his work, when it has really overcome him, when it has overcome him, he's been challenged to persevere. But when he has turned his eyes back to the Lord and focused his attention on the only one who can deliver us from the tears of this world, then he begins to walk in the light and experience the freedom. That is the exact same thing for me. And, and believe me, listeners, I, I am every bit as subject to everything that you are. Uh, and I have found the, the formula, the solution is found only in him. In Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, the cross, however you want to define it, a relationship with him. But I can't grow close to him without knowing of him. And of course, I do that through his word, the written word. Um, it's it's called the the final, the testament. You know, the it's called the uh, the final will and testament. You know, when when a, a family member of ours uh, um, we inherit, let's say uh, someone's uh, estate, there is the reading of the will that tells us the will of the one who dece- who has died. And in the same way, the word of God is the will of God for our lives. The only way to walk in freedom is to experience him through his word and through prayer connection. That's right. You know, we, we have to be connected. Yeah. That scripture in Romans, it says, um, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Yes. Oh man. You may prove what the will of God is for your own life. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Yeah. So you can't prove what the will of God is for your life unless you're renewing your mind. And wow. I, you know, some, I, we, Such we've said this many topic. different ways, but I, if you, you know, just as you're talking, Steve, the thing is you have to, you know, I guess if I had to boil it down to what are we talking about? We have to persevere in keeping the word in the midst yes. of our heart. Yeah, we do keep his word somehow all day, every day in the midst of your heart. So whatever that means for you, the best way, whether you have a Bible open next to you or you've learned some scriptures or you want to talk to your wife, your husband about it, or you need to listen to your favorite person on TV, keep it in your heart. Let it, yeah. let it do its work. Let it transform your mind. Get rid of that stinking old Thanksgiving. Oh, poor me. I don't have a big family. My wife's yeah. working. It was just me and Christy this, this weekend because our kids were gone and we, we did cook a, you know, a three pound Turkey, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we didn't have the big celebration, but you know, yeah, we you have probably we, felt some. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have our sadness. kids. You know, we're, right. we're looking forward to Christmas. We we'll have all our kids, but even you know, even when we have big, big family gatherings, there's tension sometimes, and things don't go like they should. I think a lot of people actually, what's it called, Black Friday? Yeah, they actually go shopping to spend money to get their eyes off of their problems. Yeah, no question. And you know, we do we do things to sort of deflect and sort of. Uh, get, you know, like people work to get their problems out of their mind. They stay busy. So, you know, I think that's something that people do on Thanksgiving weekend. And like you say, it's a long, long weekend, four days. It's a long time to think about all the things that you're not. Yeah. Well, if you think about the word, it tells you all the things that you are. That you are. If you believe them by faith. Yeah. If you're going to wonder, you know, I, my, my, uh, I began to wonder, 
you know, well, if you're going to wonder, let yourself wander into the wonder of who Jesus Christ is. No, I know it sounds funny, but Where'd you come true. up with that one? I just thought of it while yeah. you're, while you're sharing what you're sharing. The bottom line is no one, Andrew, neither Andrew and I are, neither of us are denying that we have feelings and we have experiences that are painful that we can go to, but the end is not, is not pleasant. Generally, when we reflect on what we don't have in life, as opposed to who we are in Christ, there is a chasm of difference between those two positions. I just want to, Andrew just wants to, we just want to, and I promise you if Ken Drilling were here today, he would echo the same. We just want to encourage you that the only hope for any of us is found in Jesus Christ. There is no hope apart from that hope. And that hope is eternal. It's everlasting. It's it's forever standing. It is forever true. He is our rock, our foundation. He is the one in which we want to place our hope. And if we do anything else, it will not produce. I just want to, as we get ready to close here, I just want to finish by saying this. The reminder, of course, for whoever does not love their brother, oh, I'm sorry, that's not where I was, down here in 5-4. I'm sorry, I got a little bit uh, out of position there. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is this is First John 5. Really, you could begin at 5-1 and read through 5-5. Five, five. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? It's interesting that that he goes back to reinforcing it. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you're within the hearing of this podcast today, and you're the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, then it is within your grasp because he has already done it to be an overcomer. And so we just really, really want to encourage you in your faith that you begin to experience all that God really intends for you to experience and be free. So, boy, it's been great, I think, just to have this sure. this Monday afternoon uh, to bring this to you. This will be available online this evening, Monday evening. Um, but, um, man, we just encourage you to keep the faith. We, we come to you every week. I think Andrew's absolutely right. My energy to wanting to do this, this whole notion of life beyond the summit. We all know what it is. If we've, if we're a believer in Jesus Christ, we've experienced the summit. What is he really speaking to us about? What freedoms we can experience in him? What is available to us once we have achieved the summit experience of knowing him? So until next time, God bless you. We hope to have all three of us back in studio. Um, The website is lifebeyondthesummit.com. My email is Steve. I'm sorry, <laughs> life beyond the summit at gmail.com. I am Steve Crowdus. Hey, God bless you. And until next time, keep the faith. Remember, he has given us the power to overcome this world. God bless and take care. <laughs>